This is On Tap with Bill Clark. What is On Tap? I've had some of the best conversations over a pint of ale, a glass of Pilsner, or a bottle of brew. Conversations over a beer will include sports, family, work, hobbies, and the weather. But we won't stop there. We'll dive into what inspires us and what drives us as humans. I'll invite some of my friends, coworkers, mentors, and community leaders to share some of their wisdom, advice, and of course, some of their favorite beverages. We pray our conversation blesses you and helps you find joy in this journey of life. Cheers. Welcome to On Tap with your host, Bill Clark. Welcome to On Tap. This is Bill Clark. Today I have my friend, Dustin Blythe, and uh, some of my friends I have a hard time remembering when I met them, but I remember specifically when we met. It was August. 2006, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what, what do you want to share with the folks listening? Well, first of all, we got, you got to correct that. The first time we met was before August of 2006. Mm. We actually met at a, uh, let's see, I joined Gloria Day, and then we were playing some pickup basketball in the, in the, on the carpet in the old gym there. Yeah, and you were kicking my butt. Well... I'm just, I, I don't remember that, but I remember meeting, I remember, I remember seeing who, I remember meeting you that night. Yeah, I did too. And, uh, anyway. So. JV versus all conference, you know. I don't know about that. I'm just, I guess, I, I guess I'm not, uh, I guess my mind's still intact. I do remember that. <laughs> I forgot all about that. So it just well, I remember, you. All I remember, you, you, you were like a, um, you were like the enforcer down the middle, you, you know. You're like you're like you're like Charles Oakley. Yeah, little, little Rick Mahorn, Charles Oakley. That's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set screen. We set screens. Rebound. Yeah, set screens. Rebound. If you score, it's a bonus. So I was like, God, that guy would be, be great to have him, you know, on my team, picking or you know, picking and rolling. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what was the question, Bill? So tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, let's see. I got a wife. My wife's name is Cheryl. I got two daughters, Grace and Addison. They just had birthdays. So Grace is uh, 17 and Addison's 13. And then, of course, I had my son, Trey, who was uh, tragically murdered back in 2006. Um, currently a, uh, a director of external affairs for AT&T. I cover both Iowa and Nebraska. Um, so basically during the legislative sessions, I'm a lobbyist um, outside of that you know, more of a lot of public affairs type of work. Um, grew up in rural Iowa, in uh, Wellsburg, Iowa. Uh, high school class of uh, 27, graduated in 1988. Uh, went to Waldorf uh, for two years and then finished up um, my undergrad and grad degrees at Northwest Missouri State. So. Nice. Living, living out in Waukee, correct? Living in Clive, technically. That's right. One daughter goes to Waukee, one goes to Urbandale. Correct. All right. So I, I know earlier I asked if you were drinking anything today. You're, you're not, which is fine. You have a little drink, but not a, a beer, which is 
a-okay but i'll just share with everybody i'm drinking a toppling goliath pompeii india pale ale which is my numero uno favorite beer from toppling goliath brewing company in decorah iowa you know that's clink's that's i would say that's in clink's top two yeah if you love if you've never been to the uh brewery in decorah it is it is a decorah is a nice little weekend getaway and there's a couple of breweries there and so it's a it's a nice little trip to get away in decorah's very it's a very nice little town it's got some different landscape than the rest of iowa so yeah, the new i mean the new uh i mean the new brewery up there the, the one they built for toppling goliath is it's fantastic i mean it's yeah. you can do a tour while you're there and it's it's really it's really big and spread out so at least covid wise you can you can grab some beers with your friends and spread out and have a good time yeah so speaking of COVID, how did how did COVID affect your work you know when that thing all hit well, I mean, yeah, when that all hit, you know, I would say the legislative sessions, um, you know, shut down and, uh, you know, at least from an AT&T perspective, we were directed to work from home and, um, you know, if we had to travel, that would have had, a, you know, that would have been a, all travel basically has been uh, rescinded for the time being. So unless you really have to go somewhere, to stay home do do webex meetings do phone calls and you know emails and so still uh it's a you know it's still obviously a lot to do you're still busy you're just doing it different you're just completing the task differently yeah exactly so will that change i know you know you always have your eyes on the election stuff and what that's going to be coming up uh in a few months that will that you think it'll change back to more normal before the election or just kind of new normal now um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've seen some, you know, I'm getting requests for fundraisers, but there's some folks who are doing virtual fundraisers, like a ton of the, ton of the uh, candidates in Nebraska are doing zoom fundraisers. Um, mm. You can meet them, you know, meet them that way. Um, some are still doing them, um, you know, at, at watering holes, you know, they, you get those announcements, but yeah, I, I suspect things going forward will change obviously until there's either a therapeutic or a vaccine. Um, you know, those would be some folks, you know, that I mean, quite honestly out of, you know, there's 150 legislators here in Iowa and there's, there's 49 in Nebraska, you know, there's a bunch of folks that really need to, you know, they need to be careful and take care of themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's enough about work and family. Um, I'm going to go back to August 2006 when I definitely remember meeting you and after you jogged my memory and playing basketball uh, up a glory day. But uh, we went on a mission trip together to Honduras and um, didn't know you from Adam. Got the uh, privilege of sitting next to you on the plane. So um, we learned quite a bit about each other that week and since then. So. What's some of your initial thoughts thinking back to that first first that mission trip in 2006? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because that was you know that came about through uh, you know me and Mark Kramer started talking about it you know and then obviously once we get on the trip you know you and I are sitting next to each other and then I vividly remember meeting remember when we had to pick up what, at that next airport Pastor John mm-hmm. was there and who was friends with Pastor Tim from seminary. So, um, no, I just remember being really at the time I was just like really excited. You know, I had a 
in my head, I'd always had this passion of wanting to go on a mission trip, had never done it. So I really had nothing, no idea what to expect. And, you know, as you and I have talked about, you know, how many times now that week was truly, you know, eye opening and special and, you know, very moving. And, you know, it's something I'll never forget. It's, you know, obviously what came after that, um, came after that, but that week, you still can't take away that week mm-hmm. leading up to that. And, uh, you know, I think I've told you this, uh, you know, a number of times, I never forget the, um, uh, let's see, it was one of those nights, you know, end of the day after working at one of those uh, centers where we were, you know, obviously combing the kids hair, get lice out and giving them medicine and, you know, doing the, uh, what was it, the meals or then, then, and then the concrete floors. Yeah. And I remember, I'll never forget this to till I die, when we all got in a big circle, but, you know, us, the mission team and all these uh, local Hondurans. And Pastor Tim talked about um, how, um, you know, even though we won't be seeing each other again someday as brothers and sisters in Christ, we'll see each other again in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just struck me how, you know, especially in light of today's society, what's going on, how, um, you know, we're all child of, you know, we're all children of God first. And, uh, you know, up there, once we get there, um, you know, it's all going to be perfect. We won't have any of these divisions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I often think about um, if I treated my life every day, like when I, like I was on a mission trip, um, you definitely see things in a different perspective and, you know, every day is, well, I've, I coined the term every day kind of is a mission trip. You know, you can make it that if you'd like. Yeah. I totally agree with you, Bill, the, the you know, the struggle I think, you know, I have and, I don't know what you have, but it's like, okay, how do you stay? How do you keep that front and center day after day? Because I'm like you, I think every day is, if you think about it, it's a mini mission trip every day. Um, You can talk to somebody or, you know, you can make, you can make somebody's day a lot better just being kind and compassionate or praying for them. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget. I'll never forget the being in that circle and, um, you know, at that point, we weren't Americans and Hondurans. We were just, we were, you know, we were all followers of Christ, just in a circle, holding hands, you know. Yeah, you know? we were all one. We were all one, and, yeah, it was, it was one of those special moments I'll never forget. Well, when we got home, you unfortunately got the news that your son had passed away, and uh, I wish I would have met him. Um, I wish, you know, we all wish the circumstances were different. Um, and I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but your son was killed because somebody uttered a very stupid, ignorant word, the N-word. Yeah, that's and true. With all the stuff that's going on in today's world, do you have any thoughts about that? Or, you know, kind of with all the, the systematic racism, I mean, what, what's kind of your point of view and your thoughts on that yeah i mean one i mean the first thought that came to my mind was you know obviously going through the whole you know trey's murder how they how the thing even happened um you know how it started um was you know we had a caucasian kid from from east waterloo 
who knew who knew these um, African American kids and um, you know used the use a racially charged word as they were leaving the party. And, you know, of course they were rightfully pissed. I would be pissed. Mm -hmm. And, um, but instead of duking it out with those, you know, or, you know, this, this words were exchanged and, um, and unfortunately, um, African American kids left and, you know, smoked some weed and got drunk and got high and came back looking for the kid, which I get that too. Um, but obviously brought, brought knives back to this party and, um, you know, and then Trey was trying to pull a kid out of the, out of the fight that he barely knew, which wasn't, by the way, wasn't the kid who had, had started this whole, whole, uh, whole tragic chain of events in the first place. So, um, yeah, for me, you know, I don't have any tolerance for, um, for racists, you know, obviously, I mean, I mean, that kid, I mean, if he, if that kid doesn't just say, if he just keeps his mouth shut, nothing ever happens that night, you know? And, you know, we've went through that before too. There was a, you know, Trey was, Trey was supposed to go to Iowa city that night, go see his, you know, the, the girl that he was seeing at the time, he didn't go, he ended up staying in Cedar Falls and, um, which that's not, that's not bad on the surface. I mean, Cedar Falls is a very safe place, you know, and going to a birthday party in Cedar Falls, two blocks away from the police department, you would think, okay, that's pretty, pretty safe place to be. But, you know, tragically for, uh, for my family and, you know, Trey was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Another thing that struck me and still I think about probably more often than I realize is I remember going to the sentencing, um, when that young man was sentenced to life for what he did. Um, and you got up and read your impact statement and you forgave him. Not meaning that he shouldn't go without punishment, but you forgave him. I, I thought I tried to put myself in your position and wondered if I could do the same. Um, and first of all, I just like to say, um, I'll never forget that. And second, um, I kind of understand why you did that and why you needed to do that. But, um, do you think about that often and, or does that come up in your mind every once in a while? And, and, and what's your thoughts since then, since you, you gave that impact statement to him? Yeah. You know, I think about that, especially, especially now I think about it too, you know, obviously in light of what's going on in America, because quite honestly, and I'll be truthfully honest, even though I have forgiven Trey's killer, I don't, I haven't forgiven the kid who started it and, um, and maybe I need to, but, um, for whatever reason, I think, even though, even though, um, Joe Johnson took Trey's life, I still have a hard time just forgiving somebody who's that idiotic that would say something like that, you know, at a mm -hmm. uh, college house party. So, and, you know, that's something I need to explore a little more because, you know, I didn't, I didn't come to the conclusion, um, to forgive Joe Johnson lightly. It took me a while and, you know, it was you know, over the course, you know, by the time, you know, from the time Trey was killed till the uh, trial, that was over, over what, almost 18 months to two years. So it was a process to get to that point. Um, but then, you know, as a Christian, um, I mean, I try to always think logically, you know, try to, you know, think through issues logically mm -hmm. and logically to me that 
that is what we're supposed to do as Christians. Um, wasn't it wasn't just a remote you know, like a rote thing, like you know a robotic thing, but actually dig into it and you know up until that point, I mean, yeah, I've I've sinned plenty in my life too. So and I need forgiveness. So um, Bible talks about how no sin is greater than the other and. So, yeah, he took my son, he murdered my son, but he also uh, is in, deserves forgiveness. And uh, if he wants to go to heaven, I, you know, I hope he gets on his knees and asks Jesus Christ for forgiveness. So that's, that's kind of where that came from. Thanks for sharing that. Um, well, since then, we've become pretty good friends, started a, a little hobby of ours and with charity and. You know, people know me and know you. It's Project 52, p52.org. Um, last Saturday, we just planted our 302nd tree over 10 years. Um, for me, it's just when we get to go meet those families, um, it helps with my grief process because I lost my mom when I was 21. Um, but also lets people know that they're not alone. And so I know you took a couple years off after your dad passed. Um, uh, but what do you, what, what do those tree plantings mean to you when we go out and do those? Well, I'll tell you, you're right. You know, I did take a couple years off and I will say this last one we did on Saturday, Bill really, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was a gut punch, but it was like, you know, having, you know, interacting with Pedro and Delilah, you know, seeing her, I mean, it, it had been a year since they had lost Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. He was yeah. in the army and he took his own life. But it's still been a year. We're there to plant a tree and the tears are flowing. And, uh, you know, I put my arm, I, all I had to do was put my arm around her. And, uh, you know, she kind of leaned into me a little bit and just kind of put her, you know, her head on my chest. And that to me kind of brought everything back from when we started, Bill, quite honestly, because. I mean, she knew, she knew that I knew what she was feeling. Yep. So, and it's hard to describe that to people, but uh, I knew that's where I was supposed to be that day. Without a doubt. And I'm, and dad was, dad was so proud. He's so proud of his son. Had a hat, he had an army hat on, name on the side, the whole thing. And, but you can yep. tell it's been it's been very hard, and he's trying to hold it in. I was like, "Dude, you don't have to hold it in. We, yeah. we get it. We get it." So another thing that um, you know, after Project Fifty Two, so we we went on another mission trip uh, down in Dominican, and uh, you didn't get great news on that trip either. After you found out your daughter had leukemia, but she's in remission and she's healthy and plays softball and from what I understand, she's a typical teenager. And so I, I don't blame you for not going on mission trips again, but um, I know a lot of people like family members and your dad and uh, friends have all gone because of that. And um, I mean, what's that kind of mean to you that, that especially like with your dad going, I mean, that, that that's one of my, the highlights of me for mission trips is you know, I talk about your dad often and, the change I saw in him. Yeah, I mean that. I think that was was that '09 we did that. '09. Well, '08 we '08 we went back to Dominican. 
and that was yep. that was relatively quiet. Other you than lost you lost your uh, you lost your luggage and your basement. Well, I lost, yeah, we lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my basement flooded, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, maybe no. I think it was nine when we. Or, yeah. or no, it was was it nine or ten when we did that? No, I think it, it was. Might, I think it was early ten. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, so you know, my dad at the time he had been he had been with he was the farm brew agent for up uh, at that time it would have been over almost twenty years, and you know he did you know did a good job he was successful went on a lot of a lot of uh, award trips, and uh, I invited him on uh, on the mission trip that year because I just thought it'd be well one I just thought it'd be I think it'd be eye opening it's always eye opening on those mission trips when you really see true adject poverty but yet how a lot of those folks have a stronger faith than a lot of us that have all this material stuff mm -hmm. that really isn't worth anything and um yeah so you know convinced dad to go which wasn't hard to do i mean he you know he like you know his previous job was you know he liked construction so we were going down there to build a house i believe yep of course what a few days in we get the call from you know, Cheryl calls me and tells me that, you know, Addison, who we just left, who I thought was a perfectly healthy, you know, two and a half year old was, um, was diagnosed with leukemia. So obviously we flew back and, uh, right away, but, uh, that kind of planted a seed in dad's mind. Um, he's, you know, despite that he, he got the bug as you all know, and oh, yeah. uh, he went on a mission trip every year, every year since he went on a mission trip every year until he physically couldn't go anymore. And, you know, and I know that he looked forward to that every year. Yeah. And I know your wife's gone and Bailey and your, even your mother has gone. Um, Mom's gone. I mean, well, and then, you know, Cheryl and Shelby went together, um, yep. you know, working, you know, I, I met, I know, I know they talked about that when they were working the, uh, the cement mixer, I think with dad, yeah. know, having to put the, all the, stuff in there. So I mean, it, it uh, no, I mean, it, no, it's been good. I mean, I'm going to go on another one. I just, you know, I don't know, just kind of get gun shy there for a while. Yeah, I get it. But I'll just let you know, you know, and I told you this after February, uh, but I'll share again. Um, the family, the family that um, we built the house for with your dad's memorial money. Um, every year we go back there. It is amazing to see how the just the smile on his face because when we moved him in that house he looked like a broken man and mm -hmm. you know where they were living was not healthy he had kids um his his employment wasn't good i mean they were struggling and now he's taught he's a welder he's laying tile he's doing all these jobs their house he's added on to their house um their house is well taken care of um picture your dad still hanging on the wall because we told him a story about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it. It must have fallen off once or twice because the glass is gone, but the picture, <laughs> the picture of your dad uh, is still on the wall uh, and a reminder. So um, he's still making a difference, which is pretty cool to see. I mean, those kids, those kids are, are light years ahead of where they would have been if they wouldn't have got that house. So. Well, I remember that first year we were down there moving those moving those folks to the um you know out of that tin you know that little bit it was really a, what a mud floor with tin around it 
into an actual concrete brick house, I mean, you could just tell they were, I mean, one, so appreciative and blessed. And, you know, they were, that's a game changer for them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's hard to, it's hard to hold the emotions back when you give them the keys to their house, but it's one of the greatest things I've ever had the privilege of doing. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well, um, I could talk a little bit about peak. You've gone out to peak with me too. Um, oh, yeah. so Quandary? yeah, it's Quandary. We climbed a mountain together and, um, stayed in a tent together. You know, if nothing by, you know, We'll get you to be, you know, either better friends or not so good friends to sleep in a tent uh, up in the mountains. And so kind of look back, what, what's your takeaway from doing peak and kind of uh, being a participant in that one year? Uh, yeah. Quandary. I was, you know, that was my first time out there. Obviously I wish I was one uh, little better shape, but uh, no, we made it up and we made it down. But I'm I'll, actually, Clink and I were talking about this the other night. What time did we we were like the fourth car in the parking lot that morning, right? Yeah, it was about five thirty. Five thirty. Okay, and because basically once the sun started coming up, we all took off, right? Yeah, once you got to the bathroom. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean that's basically what it was. I mean, you get there, it was still dark when we got there, but you really didn't start going right until the until the sun was coming up. Right. Yeah, it was daybreak. Yep. Daybreak, and you take off. And I could I was trying to remember. Did it take us six hours to get up? No, we were up by ten o'clock. But remember, we were waiting for guys to get up there and helping guys get up. That were so it took us four hours to get up, and then what two? Like it was like half coming down, right? Two and a half. Yeah, something like that. But even then, that's that's still tricky coming down. But no, I remember. I um, that was really cool. Other than I, I'll still remember that last thousand feet when you're, you know, you're basically taking what four steps, catching your breath, taking another four step, you know, and then then you see some guy training for the Leadville 100, wherever that is, and he's just he's sprinting up and sprinting back. You know what I mean? Well, remember you said, hey, you, you do a hundred steps and you lead, and then we'll take a break, and then I'll do a hundred steps and. And you're like, are you counting 100 steps? And I'm like, no, I'm just going until I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was cool. I mean, that was that was fun. Um, well, I mean, it's fun to push yourself and see what you can do. You know. Yeah. That was another good experience we've had together. So my last question I always ask people is this: so with all your experiences. You know, you've you lost your dad, you lost your son. Uh, you've been through a daughter that's had leukemia, who's in remission. So what gives you joy in this journey of life? What gives me joy? Well, obviously my, my wife and my two daughters and my family give me joy. And obviously my friendships, you know, that includes you guys, you, and you know, obviously clinks and jarks and, Trace friends, the club, and my Waldorf friends. I mean, I, I will say this: yeah, uh, a lot of stuff has happened, but you know, you and I have been on mission trips, and we've seen we some we've seen some really bad things, right? As mm -hmm. far as you know, some of these folks have no hope. So, as bad as as bad as the things that I've experienced, okay. Well, there's there's always there's always somebody that has it worse, and that doesn't that doesn't mean it's hard going not hard going through your own 
you know, battles and, and struggles, but I think it's just a good way to keep, keep perspective. You know, I've told you this before, you know, my grandma Grace, you know, so I've lost Trey, I've lost a son and you know, I lost my dad. And, and then of course Addison was sick, but you know, before grandma Grace died, she had a very, you know, I think what four out of her seven kids and then a couple of grandkids and a couple and one great grandchild. So, okay. She would until the end, she was just a steadfast Christian, never wavered in her faith. You know, so I I guess I'm blessed in that sense that I grew up with that type of you know role model, you know, like somebody I could look to. She never complained either, really. You know, I mean she was just didn't mean it wasn't hard. Um, but you know, you can still find joy in life, Bill, regardless of what, what's happened to you. I mean, you can't it's hard to stay sad all the time it really is and i don't wish that on anybody we probably mm -hmm. we've met a few people that way um pray for them but um you, know, you still got to live your life there's still i mean cheryl and my girls you know they still need me as a as their father and a husband and and uh and obviously you still got to be there for your friends and uh, you know i feel like i you know, there's a lot of friends i feel like i uh you know want to pay them back you know pay it forward for them, you know, when they're in need. So that's kind of where, that's kind of how I look at it. Okay. And it's right, but that's how I look at it. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that. So that's really good. Um, I have, uh, you know, uh, we have a great friendship and uh, it's not like we're, we talk a lot, but when we do, um, you know, we get together for stuff with P52 or whatever. You know, we just pick up right where we left off and, you know, some of those experiences we've had together, you know, we're, we're on the same page. And so it's been an honor to, you know, be, be, be a friend and be, a, you know, meet your family and all your friends and be a part of the organization of Project 52. And, you know, I just look forward to, you know, keep continuing. I don't, I don't care if we grow. I, you know, I just doing the tree plantings and the, and the mission work is more than enough for me. You know, it's not about being bigger, better, best. So thank you for yeah. allowing me to be part of it, man. Well, let me say a few things about that because first of all, you do not cut this out of the podcast because quite <laughs> frankly, with, without your leadership, Project 52 would not be what it is today. And I mean, you've, uh, you're, you're a natural leader. You, uh, you're, you get things done and uh, you, know, you never complain. You know you don't ever complain either, and uh, quite you know. And I'm with you. Um, never, it's never been about being, you know, how many trees or how many states or anything like that. It's really about, uh, like you always talked about, just make a difference where you are, right? Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't need. To, I mean, yeah, we like to go on mission trips, or you know, you do too. But you know, it's not like you need to go on to a hundred mission trips to to make a difference. Uh, you know, my dad went on what five in his life before he died. Hey, yeah, just go on one. And then, you know, wherever you live, you know, do what you can in your own community or in your own church. And, uh, you know, because like you and I've always, we, you and I always laugh about this, you know, there's, there's plenty of idea people, but at some point you just got to start baking cookies. Right. Yep. <laughs> everybody's got, everybody's got an opinion about how to make cookies, but I need people to, if you, let's make some cookies. You know, 
Yeah. I, yeah. You're not looking for, at this point, you're not looking for recipes. You just want some cookies. Don't care how they're made either. You just want some cookies to get made. And uh, which I've always appreciated about you because, you know, you and I always joke about the idea of people. And uh, at some point, you just got to do it. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been fun. And uh, actually after this past weekend, planting that tree again, it, it, I, I will say this, after doing that, um, you know, I feel like I'm ready to be back and feel like I can actually, you know, especially with Delilah on Saturday. I mean, when, when she was, when she was sobbing and crying and I just put my arm around her, you know what, that, you know, I, I could feel her pain, you know what I mean? And, um, I'm not, I'm not sure I had that, that amount of empathy the last two years. So I'm glad to be back. It's glad to have you back. <laughs> thanks for, uh, thanks for taking some of your time, Dustin. And, uh, sharing what's on your heart and your mind and sharing with those folks that are out there listening. And, uh, you know, I count you as one of my best friends and, um, I know you'll do anything for me and vice versa. And, uh, thanks again. I, I feel got. the same way about you, Bill. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're a great friend and, uh, it's been an honor working with you since, well, since 2009, we've been working on project 52. Um, but three years before that, we, we met each other and went on a couple of mission trips. So, um, now it's been a privilege. I've, been, I've really enjoyed watching you too. I mean, you've you know, become a pastor and um, you're a grinder. You just get stuff done, you know, and I, I appreciate that. I mean, seriously, grinders are, you know, you've, you've walked the dirt road to get where you are and, um, no, I, I appreciate it, but I appreciate it about people who do it that way. Well, thanks. And again, thanks for joining us. You bet. Again, I'd like to thank my special guest, Dustin Blythe. If you'd like to learn more about Project 52 and the Trees Remember program, go to p52.org, p52.org. There's also information on the website about our mission trips to Dominican Republic. I'd like to thank Dustin for answering some tough questions and sharing what's on his heart and his mind. We pray that our conversation today gives you joy in this journey of life. Cheers. Cheers.